crazy week last week. When I mean crazy, I mean crazy. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwee. Uh, Shout out to wherever you're watching. I hope everything is great. It's November 1st, if you can believe that, of 2021. I cannot believe it myself, personally. Hey, Faith. Hey, girl. Hey. So uh, we're going to do the housekeeping stuff, and then we're going to just jump right in. My face looks weird, like very shiny. I don't know if it's the lighting like it's freaking every time I look I'm like who is that anyhow hey Raydella hey girl hey let's do housekeeping real quick and uh jump into the show so support the show wherever you're watching if you hit that thumbs up that'd be great um bottom of your screen you don't see it but you can support the show in many many ways um I will put up that banner real quick I put a new overlay on and I'm really digging it so I'm gonna leave that up but I will put this banner up real quick uh, where you can support the show if you hit that thumbs up. Uh, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. There's a few new ones, so I have to get in there and, and find your names and shout you out. But uh, my day ones, like Geek Girl and Carly and Redella and Amanda, happy belated birthday. It was your birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Um, and Crystal, jet-setting around the world. And... A bunch of other people. So the Livias, the Vanessas, the Trishas, the Trinas, uh, Sherry, Lillian, Marianne, Megan, C. Cruz, Angela, Jalisa, Amanda times two, because there's a new Amanda. So welcome. Brianna, Linda, who's been a day one. Can't wait to meet her. Bunch of other people. But we are going to jump into the show. Yeah, Rydella. Rydella said, I had a rough month. Hope November will be better. I had a really rough October as well, you guys. A really rough October. So I'm hoping to end the year um, on a, just like a great note. Let's all end the, the year on a great note and start 2022. can't believe I'm saying that. Um, just positive vibes everywhere. Uh, hey, Christine. Hey. So... Let's talk about Steven, okay? Steven and Alina, because that whole thing, it just trips me out. Stop the Excuses is the name of the episode, 310. And um, hey, Sarah, thank you. Hey, girl, hey. So she wants him to delete his social media. Now, you guys, uh, if you're my Patreon subscriber, bear with me because we've talked about this so you know all the details. But for those of you guys that uh, aren't part of our news and gossip, I'm going to pop this up real quick and explain to you why Alina continues to talk about his social media, because he he's a, he's a bit crazy on social media. You guys, he, he does some crazy things. And you'll see by this, it was um, a Snapchat that he messaged some girl. Sorry, I'm so tired when we text, been really focused on. Um, the only time I have is in the early morning when I first wake up. Haha, ha, did I tell you I have a really long tongue? Tongue emoji and then tongue emoji again, but I don't have a lot of practice with it. Okay. Okay. The flirty text. 
are a little bit more than flirty, okay? They're a little bit more than flirty, a little bit more. And he does it a lot, y'all. He does it a lot. He's got a whole, like, harem. You guys can just call him really Colt 2.0 because that's who he is. So anyways, she wants them to delete his social media. And, you know, they're talking about uh, one that she sees where he's like, do you want me to come over tonight? And he thinks there's nothing wrong with that. He can't understand why she's mad. I don't understand what you don't understand, Stephen. Is that appropriate for you to, to ask some girl that's your friend to come over? And what time are you coming over? Like, come on, you guys. Like, come on. So um, Alina's not happy. She's like, we should just end this relationship because I'm, we're wasting time here. And he doesn't want to. And he doesn't want them to make any rash decisions. And then has the audacity, you guys, to try to explain to her what the word rash means. Now, if that is not gaslighting, I don't know what is. Okay. She's like, I, I know what the word means. Thanks. I'm not making a rash decision. I'm actually just not impressed with this whole thing. And I feel like I'm wasting time here. So either you delete your social media or we're done. He's still kind of making excuses, making excuses. And then we see that they've been arguing all day and he finally deletes his Facebook. Now, to me, deleting Facebook is not deleting all your social media because you're not running amok on Facebook. You're running amok on Snapchat. You're running amok on WhatsApp. That's where you're running amok. So yeah, you can send a message on Facebook and all of a sudden delete it. But then guess what? You're just going to go to your WhatsApp. You're going to go to your Snapchat and you're going to do it that way. So I got it, but I kind of didn't really get it. And then, you know, talk about real time, November 1st, clearly the social media part doesn't mean anything because he's on social media. Hey, Dasha Girl. Hey, hey, C. Cruz. Hey, Stevie. So I'm just confused by this whole thing. Like either we're making it an issue or we're not making it an issue. However, he feels like gifts are the way. Like I think gifts might be his love language. And so if you guys remember from earlier episodes, anytime they got in a fight, the first time they got in a fight, he's like, let me go buy a watermelon. And then when the mom came, it was the cookies and the chocolate. Now this time he wants to go buy her ice cream. So they're going off for ice cream and he knows that he's messed up. So he's walking. There's some guy with flowers. It's like 50 lira, which was like six bucks. He buys all the flowers and she's feeling like she's being swept off her feet now. Then he goes and buys her um, ice cream. And it's like, hey, baby. You notice he does that a lot. Hey, baby, baby. Oh, baby, this, baby, that, baby. This. You're the most beautiful flower. And then goes and buys watermelon and cherry ice cream for her and coconut ice cream for him. He apologizes for the flirty text um, and also apologizes for how long it's been taking him to, quote, delete his social media. Um, and I was like, um, are we buying Alina? Is that what we're doing now? Are we buying her love? And Alina, let me tell you, girlfriend, this, the ice cream and the apologies and hey, baby, hey, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's not going to stop the behavior, right? So it's up to you what you want to do. 
but she feels like it's unacceptable how he communicates with other girls. So just because he deleted his Facebook page, you're going to be cool with him now. Like we're all good. I feel like actions and repeated actions speak louder than these words. Cause he knows you're out of here. So what? So he got her a book of Mormon with flowers on it. And he's talking about light and goodness and dreams and hope and the love for me. And you've made me a better person. He wrote this whole thing inside of the book. He was super excited about it. She was super excited about it. Um, and she thought that that was the most beautiful thing. The flowers, the book of Mormon that has flowers on it, the ice cream, she was swept away. Now, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't know. Are you guys, are you guys impressed by that? Would that be enough? If you had a partner who was running amok on social media and sending inappropriate pictures to other people that are not in your, me and you relationship, would you be upset? Or would you be okay with, hey, he apologized, he got me a gift or she got me a gift or whatever the case may be and all is good? Because to me, I feel like in that moment, it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough, but it was enough for Alina. And why it was enough for her, you guys, is because she's not really dated before. So Stephen is like her knight in shining armor. So if he does a little bit something romantic, then it seems like a huge romantic thing to her because she hasn't experienced that before. So, hey, Black Shelly. Black Shelly says, hell no, that behavior is unacceptable. I agree. I agree. And it gets worse, you guys. I keep telling you that, but it's just way worse than some of you know. It's really, really bad. And that's why she keeps saying, delete your social media, delete your social media. It's really bad what he does. Really, really bad. So um, <laughs> she's happy. She's like, you know, Steven shows me he loves me. He shows me affection and he just really makes me feel special. Does he though? Because five seconds ago and every episode before this, you were complaining. So he did one good thing and now everything is hunky-dory and, and he's the best. Because that's not what I remember. And I put in what? This is episode 10. So I put in 10 hours of watching. I'm not sure if we're on the same page. So meanwhile, he's preparing for his proposal. He goes to this, and that was all super awkward to you guys. He goes to this captain, he's calling him, and says, you got a sick boat, man. You got a sick boat. Okay, Stephen, how old are you again? Uh, tells the captain that he's proposing to his girlfriend. He's all of a sudden ready to commit when last episode he was nowhere near ready to commit. And the episode before that, he didn't know what he was doing. So if you're ready to commit and you're ready to propose, did you already put in place the paperwork that you said you needed? Remember you guys when they went to see the lawyer and they needed to get their paperwork started immediately because 90 days wasn't going to be enough? Like, did they did they get that ball rolling or are we just now, oh, I'm ready to get married, so I'm going to engage and then think about all the other stuff I have to do later. Not sure. So he's ready to commit um, <laughs> because he says, who else? will ever treat him the way she's treated him and believe in him the way she's believed in him. And he wants a waterfall and he wants to be on the top of the boat. He wants to play piano. He wants to propose to her. He says all this stuff. And then, oh, by the way, he's hungry and nervous at the same time. 
and he he was giving that nervous energy. You ever meet someone that gives you that like uh, nervous energy? It's very odd, but that's that's Stephen to a T, to a V. Um, so he wanted to be a magical moment. He wanted to be a majestic moment and a memorable moment. And he wrote a song for her. So he practices, you guys, on this captain. And you know that ta-da, ta-da arm movement ta-da he does that and i found it very odd and not romantic whatsoever like i love the effort that he put into it i just felt like the execution of it all was a bit i guess he was nervous we'll go with that so um they're getting there and i don't know if you guys noticed but they walk past a couple that was getting had gotten married and were getting their wedding photos taken i thought that was pretty good timing for tlc um, Crew <laughs> said, I couldn't listen to his ridiculous song and his ridiculous movements left my ass off. And then Stevie said he couldn't carry a note with a crane, just terrible. So they get on the boat. Alina is so impressed because it's so romantic and he's showing his true colors and who he truly is. Is he though? Is he? Okay. So it's just before sun. Let me set the tone for you guys. It's just before sunset. They're doing what's that movie? The iconic movie that I can't think of the name of it right now. The Titanic, which I don't know if that's supposed to be like foreshadowing or whatever, but she's out there doing the Titanic pose. And I started laughing, y'all, because I, I mean, I'm sure it's a beautiful photo, but the writer in me was like, that is not good foreshadowing. <laughs> of this relationship <laughs> so sorry i'm setting the mood it's just before sunset they're all googly eyed with each other and little small kisses here and there and they reach the waterfall and the waterfall is beautiful Al alina is so impressed like she, never mind. I won't even say it. Let me continue to set the mood. So it's so beautiful. It's like breathtaking. He wants to take her to the top. Now, when he said that, I thought take her to the top of the waterfall, but no, he just wants to go one level up on the boat. He goes up there and he takes off the like blanket thing, cover over the piano. And she's like, oh, what is this? What? I'm so confused. And he sits down now la 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 okay here we go the song and i don't have it verbatim but i have a lot of it the song goes like this i want to see you shine <laughs> i want to see you fill your life i want to see you win my light before the time runs out and we lose our chance. So I got to ask, ask on one knee, eternally ask you to marry me. <laughs> okay. And she thought it was beautiful and um, 
says yes. So impressed that he wrote this song. Um, was that song a Steven original? Yes, it was. He said he wrote it. He said he wrote the song for her. So it's definitely a Steven with a V original. And the different notes, if you could call what I just did different notes, that's exactly how it went down. She says yes. They kiss. She, he puts the ring on. The ring is sparkling, although we never really get a real like close-up of the ring. At first, I was like, I thought it was a heart-shaped ring when I first got a glance of it. But then I was like, oh... I don't think it is, but then they never really like showed the ring. So it was a little sketchy there too, but whatever. Um, and so he does this to camera and let me go ahead and get into character for that as well. He says, proposing to Alina was the greatest achievement of my life single tear down his face. I was like, what in the dramatic hell is going on right now? What? What is happening? We're making the other way this high stakes dramatic, oh my goodness, I just proposed and now this is the biggest accomplishment of your life. Are you... Steven, stop it. So he's crying to camera. He loves her so much. She loves him so much. I was shocked that she said yes. Shocked, you guys. This is the first hour of watching them actually get along and her not complaining. Nine hours of episodes, these two were not doing anything right. So they turned that around real quick. Not sure what happened, but they turned it around real quick. Moving on, Mandy, you're hilarious. Every fantastic engagement starts with a fantastic apology. Those are facts. Armando and Kenny um, are working on their wedding. Their wedding is coming close. Uh, they said it was a week away. So I'm hoping that we get to see the wedding next week. Um, so they go to the wedding planners. That venue, you guys, the vineyard was beautiful. Like absolutely beautiful. And Armando's not sure if his dad is going to be coming or not. And you know, he's worried about that because, you know, the weddings are right around the corner. So they get to wine country. They're talking about cakes. They're talking about like this tasting thing on a barrel. I don't, I didn't even know what that was, but as long as it was there, the one thing that Kenny wanted was he wanted to have a sunset wedding and the wedding planners are like, yeah, that's not possible because it's still the pandemic. We still have a curfew, curfews midnight. So it's not going to give us enough time. Then they're talking about the reception and they're like, if we start at four or five and he's doing the math in his head and you can see it going like, what? He's like, are we having a six hour reception? Like usually in America, we only have like a few, like two or three hour reception. And they're like, hey, listen, this is not America. And this is going to be a Mexican wedding and we do it big and we like to party. So he was a little frustrated by that. And he was frustrated that the fact that the only thing he really wanted was a sunset wedding. And he felt like Armando wasn't supporting that, knowing that he didn't ask for anything else for the wedding, just a sunset wedding. And right away, he felt Armando was siding with the planners like, yeah, okay, well, we can't do it. We can't do it. Let's keep it pushing, which I get. 
Um, which I get. I get it. He's like, let's go with the flow. We can control what we can control, and we can't control a sunset wedding if we're not going to have enough time because there's a curfew in place, right? So um, <laughs> Kenny's frustrated, and they're driving back and talking about it. Now, here's the thing I, lo I love about this couple is that they communicate, though. I love how they communicate. So in the moment, even if they're upset, they use their words and they talk through what's bothering them. And Kenny explained what was bothering him. And Armando listened and Armando said, okay, you know, I, I hear you. And I'm sorry if that's how I made you feel. Love the communication. Then Armando talks about his aunt Brenda. Now this part was the part that I was like, well, why is your, first of all, if your aunt was in town, why did she just text, text you to start drama? Why didn't she visit you? But she's just going to text you. You didn't get to see her knowing that you're getting married soon. Like, hey, go see, go see your nephew. But no, she texted him and said that the dad's not satisfied with his lifestyle and he's supporting them. But it's a little too much for him. And he's supporting him because it's a son and he loves his son. But he doesn't want his son to make his lifestyle so public. Right. And so that hurt Armando's feelings because Armando had that heart to heart with his dad. He thought his dad was making progress and he really believed that his dad was going to come to the wedding. Now, I want to talk to you guys about this because I received a lot of flack for this. I personally think that every family is different. I totally get it. Okay. And I don't have kids. But if I did have kids, I would love them unconditionally. And saying that and saying like, hey, if you are a close family, which they seem to be, all families have their issues. But if they're a close family, then I think the dad should go to the wedding. And everyone freaked out. You can't force the dad to go. You can't force the dad to do the, 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 the. Coming at me like I can't have an opinion. My opinion is if that's your kid and you love your kid and you're going to support your kid, then that's what you do. What do you guys think? I'm curious because some of y'all were not trying to hear me when I said that, but I still stand by that. The wedding's about Armando and Kenny. It's not about anything else. That's how I feel. So you guys let me know in the comments below. If you're watching the replay in live chat, feel free to let me know what you think about that. But the dad's just really struggling still uh, with his life. And so Armando also finds out because he talked to his mom that his cousin needs a room. And now the cousin, there's no space because all the hotels are rented out because it's going to be a big wedding. And the mom's like, well, it's okay because she can stay in my room. And Armando's like, no, the room is for you and dad. And that's when he finds out again, confirming that the dad's not coming. So again, he's, he's hurt. And he's like, I feel numb. I feel speechless. He's really sad. And he tells Kenny and Kenny's like, well, why don't you just give it one more chance and invite him personally, call him and say, it's really important with me. And then the ball will be in his court. So that's what he do, does. He calls his dad and says, you know, I want to personally invite you. You know, we're getting, I'm getting married. It's next week. And I really would love you to be there. And the dad's like, no, I don't want to go. I, I'm uncomfortable with that. And the excuse that he gave to the mom was that he didn't want to leave the house 
alone because he didn't want anyone to break in. Um, so Armando's a little sad about it. And he's like, you know, we talked about supporting each other and being there for each other. And I don't feel like you're supporting me. And I feel like you're holding us back. And he's like, you know, the dad says, well, you know, you'll have enough support. You'll have all the other family members there. You'll have your mom there, your sister there. So that should be enough. Um, and then poor Armando is like, well, if you change your mind, there'll be a chair there and food there for you. And I would love it if you come. And the dad once again says, no, I'm not coming. Um, most of you, well, Mandy says yes, or dinner ceremony, and then reception. Dasha says, yes, the dad should go, especially since the dad says he supports them. That's kind of how I feel, you guys. Like, the wedding is about them and not anything else. So I felt sad. It was a sad moment. It was a sad moment to me. I just was like, you know, you want your family there. So we'll see what happens. Um, moving on to Ari and Benny. First, first, can I say this off the top? What did Ari change her face? She looks totally different or am, have I lost my mind? I was like, does she look what's go? And then to find out that she's been back in the US for two months at this time. You were supposed to go for a month and now you're going for two months and you're worried and wondering why your husband is running amok. He can't have friends. Because the pictures that you were showing, I saw no women. I saw a bunch of dudes working on music. Because as you know, Benny's an MMA guy. And then he's a singer. He's a dancer. He does all the creative stuff. So why not try to knock that out while your family's out of town? Like, I couldn't personally understand what the problem was. But I get ahead of myself. I was just, you know, I get distracted. And I was super distracted by that. I was like, wait, um, what is, what's happened here? Her face looks different. Okay, so it's the day of Avi's surgery. Ari's feeling nervous. Her mom takes her to the hospital, they call Benny to say, hey, like we're going in and we'll keep you updated. They really didn't do a lot with that because all of a sudden they got there and then it was five hours later and it was time for them to go home. Surgery obviously went smoothly because baby Avi was, he was sleeping on the way there and he was sleeping on the way back. And so I'm happy that that was a smooth thing for for all of them. Um. This is the part that I'm just, I'm trying to decide where I'm going to go with this. Okay, so this whole cultural barrier, language barrier, support that she's happy that she did it in America because there's not those things. Um, and then her sister, Kristen, I'm sorry, you guys, her sister, Kristen, irritates the fuck out of me. Sorry. She irritates me because she comes from such a, unrealistic in my opinion privileged place that she doesn't look around the rest of america so kristen's like okay so janice the mom says 
that Ari made a deal with her that any medical procedures that they're going to get, they're going to get it in the U.S. They're going to get it in the U.S. because Kristen, the sister, says that they have great medical care and it's right down the street. Now, I'm not saying that America doesn't have great medical care. They absolutely do. Talent galore. Okay? Healthcare workers, hardest group of workers out there. What I'm saying is that that medical care is not readily available to everybody. Not everyone can afford, and you can ask your neighbor, you can ask your neighbor's neighbor, you can ask your friend, you can go down to the bar and ask them at the bar if they have medical. A lot of people don't because guess what? They don't make enough money because the standard of living and the cost of living is not enough because guess what? A lot of companies don't provide medical insurance. It's not universal in America. So for Kristen to have the attitude like, oh, medical care is right down the street and it's so amazing. And why would you go to Ethiopia? Fuck you, dude. Like you're coming from a completely different place. I have a ton of friends that don't have medical. Okay. So stop it. Just, just stop it. Okay. The privilege over here, just because your dad's a doctor and your mom's a nurse, not everyone lives that way. And that's the part that I have a problem with. Not everyone has that reality or that luxury. Okay. So instead of being ridiculous, in my opinion, and saying how everything is so hunky-dory, and then at the same time, you want to tear down a whole friggin' nation that, guess what, Kristen, you've never even been to, and you want to talk shit about their medical system? Like I said, I have respect, mad respect for all healthcare workers, because they do a lot. Anywhere in the world, they do a lot, period. So what you're not about to do is talk shit about something you know nothing about. Because you sit back and have a mommy and daddy who are in the field. Like, get out of there with the nonsense. Anyhow, so mom, all of a sudden, is also saying that she doesn't think that the life Benny is building is the same as the life that Ari is building. And she thinks that, what did she say? His priorities are his friends and not her. I'm going to tell you from personal knowledge, your mom is always going to want you to live close, especially if you have a great relationship with your parents. They're going to want you to live close. So of course, Janice is going to talk shit about his priorities not being the right priorities. You guys wanted him to get a job and provide for the family. And now he's working on the things that he feels he's led to do, which is all the creative stuff. And then you're going to throw that back in his face and say his priorities are not right. So if he's telling you that he's working on his music and they shuffled some things around at the house to create an at-home studio to work on his music and whatever else he's doing in his dance and all the things, you're now going to throw that in his face because that's confusing to me. Okay. So, and priority straight. Let's talk about priorities. Ari seems to be a great mom, but what other priorities does she have 
that Janice doesn't see in Benny? Can, can, so I don't I don't know. I'm asking y'all because I'm not sure what she's saying exactly because being a full-time mom is absolutely a job and family is the priority, absolutely. But you can tell that Benny loves his family, loves his son. So it can't be that. So what else is it? Bizarre to me. Um, then... It got all kind of weird because I wasn't even really sure what was happening. Like it went from zero to a hundred. So they're saying some of Benny's friends are, are quote, nice people, but others are just poison because they just want to party. What? What does that even mean? You're not allowed to have a good time. You, that makes you poisonous poison that's how it went yeah poison anyways you're poison because you want to party it's very odd like i feel like you're starting to throw stuff in the air just to 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 be complaining about something to justify staying in america you see what i'm saying like i don't really think that you guys are coming up with real issues but you're creating issues so then all of a sudden in there are issues. So didn't make sense to me. Dasha said, what does she expect his priorities to be if she's gone for two months? Facts. Facts. Okay. So she's been in the U.S. for two months. She's mad that he's turned the house into a party house and that he just has parties all the time. She's mad that he hasn't called hasn't called to ask about Ari or Avi or anybody, which I don't believe to be true. A, there's a time difference. B, we already know from previous episodes that Ari's like a micromanager. She reminds me of Ange Angela in this sense where she wants the foreigner to pick up the phone anytime she calls. Doesn't matter what time of day it is. Doesn't matter what, what the grown-ass person is doing. If... If the savior calls, pick up the phone. You could be dead asleep. You could be working. You could be looking for work. You could be performing. Whatever it is you're going to you, you be doing. But if they call, you better answer. So she's mad that he hasn't been calling her enough. Or when she calls, he doesn't pick up. That's her biggest problem. And I'm saying to you, sounds like a you problem. Sounds like an insecure problem. Sounds like whatever personal issues and trust issues that you have going on within you, that's on you. Because what we haven't seen is Benny cheating on her. So she thinks that he cheated with his ex, but we know that they were on break and you got with him anyways. Like, don't even get me started. So it sounds like a you thing and it sounds like a control thing. Sounds like a control thing to me, but what do I know? Mandy says, also creepy. She wants to isolate him, right? You're gone for two months, so he can't have anyone over. He can't work on his music. He should just be stuck by his phone waiting for you to call. Come on, you guys. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. He's a grown-ass man. So um, 
she all of a sudden goes from zero to hundred. She's like, you haven't called. You haven't asked about our kid. You haven't called me. You turn the house into a party house. Some random Fraser guy that she doesn't even explain who he is, is living there. Apparently she had, he had girls over. Then she's like, who's sleeping in my bed? And Abby's bed all of a sudden is missing. And apparently Benny, you know, had all these devious ways and folded it up and put it away. So in your mind, you've created a whole situation. And I'm going to tell you that that comes from your own insecurities because you think that he's hiding his family. When you know dang right that anytime he's with his kid, he is so excited. He's so excited and he wants to do everything for that baby. So because you have your own insecurity, you're projecting that on him. That's not cool. That's not cool. So she freaks out, says that Wish told Wish, his sister, text her while she was in America and said, hey, guess what? My brother has other women over at the house. Stevie says, he could leave the phone on, though. Just pick up, man. Come on, Benny. <laughs> and then, oh, hey, Auntie's advice. Auntie's advice says, moms understand Ari's perspective. We create homes for our kids, not party houses. And Lydia says, how does she know the phone was off three hours? That girl had to be calling back to back to back. Okay, I mean, we all have different different opinions and, and I respect all of those opinions. But I do think that she made a mountain out of a molehill and all of a sudden she freaked, freaked out because she had her mom in her ear saying, stay, stay, stay. Had her sister in her ear saying, stay, stay, stay. She's already been there for two months, lap of luxury. And so now she's, cre in my opinion, creating drama and a fight so that she can justify the fact that that she's not coming back. So she says she's not coming back to Ethiopia. She'll never go back there. She tells Benny, and how familiar is this to you? She tells him, shut the fuck up. I'm giving you one last fucking chance to redeem yourself. That is a direct quote. And I don't know who that sounds like to you, but it sure sounds familiar to me. And I've seen that little rodeo a little too long. What you're not about to do, I'm an American, is talk crazy. You're not going to talk crazy and talk down to me because you think, like, I don't know what you think, but that's what you're not about to do. Okay? That's what you're not about to do. So we'll see. Apparently they have drama. Apparently they're going to move to Kenya, which we know that they went there because we saw a lot of their social media and uh, my melanated Patreon people. We've talked about what they were doing in Kenya and the filming. They filmed there. So I'm sure we're going to see that this season as well. The move to Kenya, which is not really a move. It's just going to be a change of location uh, because, you know, spoiler alert, they're they're all living in America now. Aw, thanks, Lynn. Lynn's like, hey, Linda, hey. I'm loving your take on Benny. Um, so yeah, spoiler alert, they're all in America. Right, Dasha? Right? When she started dropping F-bombs, I was like, who is this girl? Well, you're saying Benny is different and you don't recognize him. We don't recognize you. 
literally we don't recognize you and verbally we don't recognize you like what's going on over there ellie and victor ellie and victor i you know ellie just go back to seattle i think your pacific northwest lifestyle and thought process is just not going to work out for you I personally think, and I'm just talking off the top of my head right now before we jump into the little segment, but I think that she has a lot of resentment for Victor. I think she resents the fact that he doesn't have any money and she is funding the both of them and she is really not impressed with it. Okay, She's not impressed with it. And I think that she's holding some resentment towards him because it's coming out all kinds of crazy. So... They're back in Provencia to build their new life. Um, and they're going to do it like a few nights at a time. They're going to take a few nights there and then they go back to the main island. Uh, Victor's excited to get started. Uh, and I don't know what they were bringing boxes over or whatever, but they made a big deal that it was like 100,000 CUP, which is 26 US dollars. I was like, I don't, I don't really understand why that was a thing. Like, what were you guys even bringing over? They did not explain it. Uh, but they're going to the house. Ellie feels overwhelmed um, because in order for this relationship to survive, she has to be there to help him. And so she just, this is a lot for her. Now, I feel they need to communicate a little bit more. And this is what, what I mean. So they get to the house and I'm going to pop up this picture of the house because first of all, can I just say side note, this little barbershop thing, I think is a great idea. Isn't that a great idea to have, build a little barbershop in front of your house, especially if you're a barber and then your clients can just come to your little barbershop up front and then the house, it it's still standing. You know what I mean? Like they're going to do some work. I see like the extension on the side here. Um, Oh, thank you. Thanks, Auntie, for the support. Dropped into support while working. Going to bed now. Enjoy all. Thank you so much. Um, but I like this house. I like the house. And I like this little barbershop. So I think that they don't have a lot to, to, to do. I don't know what the inside looks like. I don't know what the damage is. But at least they have something to work with and somewhere to start. Now, here's the thing. Why did the two of them not have a conversation about what work they want to get done for the two days they're there? Wouldn't you go into the house, survey the place, and see what needs to be worked on first, and then just go ahead and start working on it? Because the things that, in my opinion, that Ellie was focusing on was bullshit. So she sees some dry clothes, or excuse me, some wet clothes, and she wants to know where to hang the wet clothes and has an attitude about it, that shouldn't be your priority. Of course it's wet. You guys just had a hurricane. He doesn't care about the clothes. He cares about the house. He wants to make the house habitable that you guys can stay and live there. So why are we talking about wet clothes? Move on to more important things to do. And that's exactly what Victor says. Like We need to just move on and, and move on to more important things. And she gets an attitude about it. And Victor's like, you know, I would prefer if she just sat and relaxed uh, because she's not helping. She's not helping because she's all stressed out. And when she's stressed out, she stresses him out, which we saw in this episode. 
She's like, our relationship is stressed. She says, it's tough. And here's the part that made me angry. Okay. She says she's really stressed out of her relationship. And she doesn't feel like they're communicating. And she doesn't like the way that he's talking to her. And here's the thing that I want to say. Oftentimes, there are stereotypes put on specific people that are not true. And it hurts my heart. Literally, it hurts my heart that someone can not like how you said something to them. And because they look different than you, all of a sudden, they're angry. Okay. Nowhere in his face did he look angry. You just didn't like what he said to you. Because you said some bullshit, in my opinion. You're talking about drying clothes and he's talking about fixing the house. And now you want to throw out the trigger words where you're like, oh, he seems tough and angry and hard to communicate with him right now. And it doesn't feel like they're getting along. And she's focusing on clothing and then she's looking for some mop but she's not really looking for some mop and then she's talking about later there's going to be mosquitoes everywhere and she's worried about that and then she says how she's out of her comfort zone and she's out of it her comfort zone emotionally and financially so already she's she's building up what she already has issues with right she already has some insecurities about but at the same time she says for the second time that he seems angry and she hopes that it doesn't boil over because then that will cause more problems. Okay. What? Now, then she moves on to the kitchen. She wants to wash dishes, but there's no water. And he, all he simply says was, what? There's water she freaks out. What? I thought there was no water. So why are you talking to me like that? Why are you being an asshole? Why? What? What? Could you not have just walked over to the sink and popped open the faucet? Why didn't you do that? Why all of a sudden is he angry and you don't like the way he's talking to you? Like own, own your own responsibilities too. You assumed something that was not true, but you didn't even check to see what you assumed about. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. And I don't like it personally. It does truly break my heart when those, I call them trigger words, are put out there because you're planting a seed. You're planting a seed. Nowhere in that, that conversation did it, to me, did it seem like he was angry. To me, that he was talking to you any type of crazy what it seemed to me is like you were out of your comfort zone you have a little bit of resentment towards him because he doesn't work and you're financially supporting this whole thing and you you're emotionally supporting him and you you sold your business and you've come over to a country that you've not ever really lived in so you're all out of sorts 
And you're worried in your own mind if you made the right decision. And so all of that resentment and confusion is boiling out of your mouth and you're directing it to him. And I don't think that's okay. Now, do I think Victor is the end all be all? Absolutely not. Like you're also expecting this woman to completely financially support you. What would you do if you didn't know her? What would you do if you hadn't met her? Right? So you're talking about how you lost everything and you almost lost your life, but you're also expecting her to pay for everything. And that's a unrealistic pressure on to her too. So I see both sides of the story. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, let's not do that. Let's not use those trigger words to pigeonhole people and stereotype people that aren't doing that, right? So um, they have this really crazy fight about the house and she's getting angry about like the little simple things and he's getting angry about the little simple things. Then they go outside, they have a, make a fire um, and she's just really stressed out and she realizes that we need to like tone this down. He realizes that we need to tone it down. Um, you know, what do you guys need to do? Think of your priorities. What do you need to do to re rebuild? And she talks about how her feelings are hurt. She doesn't like the way he talks to her sometimes. And she wants him to just talk to her nicely. Talk to her nicely because, you know, you hurt my feelings and I'm out of my comfort zone and it's not fair. And he says, you know what? I understand what you're saying, right? And if you get mad, then I get mad. And then we're both like bitching at each other. So we both need to learn patience. But you also have to understand that I've been through a trauma, and so I'm probably not going to be all like, everything's hunky-dory because he almost lost his life and he's lost everything. And this just happened like five days ago. Um, Lydia says, I hope I didn't miss the Jenner review. Can't wait to hear your take on the sinus tune-up. That's hilarious. And Linda, are you going to review new season of Single Ice? Of course I am. Of course I am. So I think with those two, they just need to learn to communicate. And I think that she has to decide whether she really wants to be there or not. And Patreon people, you guys already know the answer to that. Uh, so we'll let that play out. But in the meantime, you know, I, I get it. She's, she, it's not comfortable. And they're in a area where there's nothing that they, there's not the luxuries of her Seattle home. I, I get it. So we'll see. Moving on to, oh, ew, I still have to do Corinne, Evelyn. Okay. Uh, Samit and Jenny. <laughs> Can I just say that Samit's mom is the queen of shade? She is the queen of shady shade, shade, shade. And I am here for it because I think it's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> you know, Allison, that's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know. When she says that these dog whistle trigger words, you think she has awareness of how dangerous it is for him? I'm not sure. That's a really good question and a, and a bigger conversation that I am so open and willing to have. Um, <clears throat> Samit and Jenny, 
So parents didn't sleep well. Okay. Apparently their fan was too loud and the mosquitoes were biting. And <laughs> little old Jenny. Jenny's sick. Apparently she had diarrhea the night before. And she was up all night with diarrhea and vomiting. Now, the mom doesn't believe it. The mom had shade after shade after shade. She's like, a little diarrhea took her out. I could have three, four, five times diarrhea and it's not going to stop me in my day. So Jenny is in the bed. Samit and his parents go outside. They make tea. The mom thinks it's totally disrespectful that she's just sleeping while they're there. The mom came on a mission and the mission was to teach Jenny how to be a proper wife. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, C. Cruz, for the super chat. I appreciate you so very much. Um, girl, the replay, you're going to, I've been talking a lot, been talking a lot. Um, so here's what I think you guys. Okay. So the mom is throwing shade at, at Jenny and basically saying like, I'm here, I'm on a mission. Like, let's go check her out and see what's wrong with her because I don't believe she's sick. They go into the room, you guys, all three of them, like gangbusters are going in. Can you imagine you're just lying in your bed? Jenny was being super lazy, you guys. Like the miracle of her turnaround of sickness was a, just a shower away. <laughs> but Jenny was in the bed. Jenny was in the bed looking all kind of pathetic, like she's on her deathbed, all like, oh. And the mom is, <laughs> says, listen, I came here to teach you a lot of stuff. You don't seem sick. Jenny feels super insulted by this, but she does get up. Now, you guys, you know I get distracted by things, and I wasn't the only one to notice it, but I didn't, I didn't take a screenshot. But you guys need to go back to that scene. And when Jenny was getting out of the bed and her dirty feet, you had those dirty ass feet in the bed? Jenny, you're already on thin ice because people saw your dirty kitchen. You can't have dirty feet up in the bed too, but you did. Oh, it was like, I, I was like, Jenny, what, what is, how are you a grown ass woman with grown ass kids and you got all this going on, girl? Like, are you just, are you just chilling? Are you just done? Like, no. There's no type of personal etiquette standards anymore. You're just rolling with it. Is that what we're doing here? So the mom says that she doesn't seem sick. Jenny's insulted, but Jenny gets out of the bed with her dirty feet and she goes to take a shower. Now, after Jenny took a shower, got dressed, did her makeup, all of a sudden, Jenny said that she's feeling better already. How can you not believe the mom? The mom uh, Sadna was like, she's faking. And at first I was like, oh, the mom is always so hard on Jenny. You know, Jenny's probably not feeling well, but Jenny was faking y'all. She was faking. Like she might've had an extra, a little extra doo-doo the night before, 
but she wasn't so sick like that she needed to stay in bed all day. What she wanted to do is stay in bed to avoid the mom pointing out to her fiance all of her shortcomings. Like, who wants that? I get it, Jenny. You're like, nah, I'm good. Yesterday, you showed my fiance that I did, I couldn't cook and clean. And then today, I don't want to have to deal with anything. <laughs> like, I just don't. I just don't want to, I just want to stay in bed. Before you came, I was able to sleep in all day, not do dishes and do a little laundry and complain all day, every day. Like when Samit, are we going to get married and then go on these adventures where you, you're going to become a Hare Krishna one day, the next day you're going to fly somewhere to renew your passport and then another day you're going to go see a psychic like you got to do adventures and i get it and now you're on lockdown and you're having to actually do some things and you're like mm, that's not what i signed up for i signed up to be retired and to kind of just kick it so she's feeling better mom's like this is all just drama drama They're going to go do yoga. Now, Jenny's like, yoga? I don't do yoga. I don't even stretch. Jenny, what is it that you do do besides your adventures? So the mom uh, and dad have their yoga mats, and all three of them have their all same matching mats, and they're all, it's like march. You could, poor Jenny's like marching outside knowing that she's going to be made a fool of and she's still, you know, trying to do her best. Now I'll give her that. I'll give her that. Like she was still like, Hey, I want to impress the mom. I want the mom to, to like me. So I'm going to do all the things. However, what we didn't know was that Samit's mom used to be a yoga teacher and says, you know, I want Jenny to uh, do yoga because she's aged a lot, the shade and, you know, because she was sick this morning, it will help her not get sick. The shade. Um, then the mom's like, yeah, Jenny's just like rusty. The shade. So you, you automatically see right away that the mom and the dad are very flexible. Flexible. Flexible, flexible, flexible. And... Jenny is not flexible anymore. So they're doing all the yoga moves and Jenny's kind of doing the moves. Like she's arms straight up. Oh, they're bent. Do the cat pose. Do the, and she, Jenny's just looking at them, looking at them. But she was trying, y'all. She was trying. Now here's something that I'm going to tease to y'all. Okay. We didn't have news and gossip last week. But there's a lot of news and gossip to catch up on. On Friday, you guys, I'm going to tell you something that you will not ever believe about Jenny. Let's just say, you know how Mama Debbie used to be a go-go dancer? If you don't know, now you know. She's not the only one. That's what I'll say.
So then they had me on the yoga, you guys. They had me on the yoga. I I was having a great time. I thought it was hilarious. I just thought like the mom is really showing out. She's really showing out and she's saying how I'm more flexible than Jenny. Are you in a competition with her? That's supposed to be your daughter-in-law. Like what? Why are we? Why are you doing this? I thought you were teaching. It's like a whole crazy weird dynamic, but I'm here for it. But then they did the mustard oil thing. I, I was actually okay with that. The mustard oil, putting in your nose, removing the dust particles. Because, you know, growing up, Vicks VapoRub was for all things. And it gets smothered in your chest. We'd be putting it in our nose, all the things. So I wasn't too crazy. Like, I didn't have too much to say about the mustard oil and remo it removing the dust particles. Okay, maybe it does. I don't know enough about mustard oil. So I don't know if it does it or it doesn't do it. But... If it works for you, that good on good on you. But it was the neti, and that is that is a traditional throat thing. And I'm just gonna be honest with you guys, I I can't I can't I can't watch stuff that like I just I can't. So I listened to it, but the first part of the nostril thing, then I couldn't watch the rest. Like I just I was watching, but I was making notes so that I actually didn't see it. Because when she started gagging, I I started gagging. What's happening here? So the neti and the nostril, so in through the nose, uh, <coughs> out through the mouth. No, thank you. No, thank you. And then the dad did it, and the dad did it with, a lot of ease in through the nose, out through the mouth. And then something came out of his face. I was like, I cannot, y'all. Where where are the warning signs? Like warn a warn a sister out. Like, can I get a sign on the screen? Warning. This scene might not be appropriate for all viewers. Can I get that? Because I I need a heads up. I could be eating dinner. I could be, I don't know, something that I don't want to be superly grossed out by that. She said, Alan said, <laughs> she flossed her whole skull. Let me get it together. So then the mom said, your turn. And Jenny said, no. The mom's like, yes. Jenny said, no. The mom said, yes. Jenny said, no. There are some things I just won't do. Jenny, I'm with you, sis. I'm with you. I, nope. Because I'm still trying, like, I'm trying, like, I understand the human body. I'm just trying to figure out in my, my whole body, like, how, how, okay, like, how I don't have something right away that's, that's 
can work. But this, like, how is this going to go into my nose and come out of my mouth? And like, how? how? I don't see that happening for me. Okay. I don't see that happening for me. And I'm sure that Jenny thought the same thing. Y'all might be used to doing it. And if it helps with uh, removing sinus issues, I'm here for it. But guess what? I'm sure that there are other ways to remove sinus issues. And so I'm going to say it's a pass for me, dog. It's a pass. And did they just hack that stuff on the ground? Yes, they did. Yes, they did, Lydia. Yes, they did. It was all just, it was very shocking. It was shocking because you didn't, you were like, you know how yoga is like all zen, like, hmm, yeah, and stretch in your body and the, oh, the, oh, and the, you know, it's all that, right? And then pow, they hit you in the face with, oh, First the liquid and then the net, like, whoa, 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 y'all. You had me at Zen. Now all of a sudden you have me at, whoa. Again, I'm still trying to figure out how you guys, like, I get it. And, and I'm, and culturally I understand it. I just don't understand it for me. Cause like, Like, no, it's, I'm sorry. Nope. I just can't even picture it. Where, where is it coming out of? And how far back in my mouth do I have to, like, pull that off? Oh, like, no, no, it's just, I'm sorry, my sinuses. Wasn't there a thing, like, I don't know, you guys. I don't have allergies and stuff, but isn't there, like, a squirt, 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 squirt? Can we just do that and call it a day? Anyhow. <laughs> right, right, Allison. It went from Zen to whoa. That's how I felt. Whoa, what's happening? Is it called ocean spray? I don't know. But you guys know what I'm talking about. The little like boop, 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 boop. Because I know there's one for your ear too. Like boop, 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 boop. You know. But... The, like no you guys nope see now my nose is stuffy and i'm not being i'm because my nose is feeling traumatized i'm doing all this stuff and i'm scaring my nose because i keep putting this close to my face and now my nose is like we're about to clog all the way up because what you're not about to do <laughs> okay let me stop let me stop last and certainly least in my books at least and if you guys are new to watching the show, I throw out this disclaimer. Uh, when I talk about Evelyn, my face might scrunch up a little bit uh, because I think that she's not nice and she is the bully and she's bullied me specifically online. And until she apologizes, I, I just can't, I will not be able to let it, like I let it go obviously, but I'm not gonna like smile as much. And my face often gives me away. And that's what happens when I talk about Evelyn. So. <laughs> we should say the Evelyn disclaimer together. 
Okay, so that being said, Evelyn, all of a sudden, and I will give her this, you guys. Remember how I've always said, like, I've never once seen her be nice to him, not once a lovey-dovey moment. She must have heard me because this is the first time in all the years of their 90-day fiancé that I actually saw her not only hug him and say, I love you. No, well, she didn't say I love you. She said, Corey, I love you very much. But also kiss him in on his mouth. I was shocked. She has never done that before. Not ever. So she they take they went to therapy one time and all of a sudden their relationship did a 360, 180, whatever you want to call it. They were he was kicked out of the house. They were gonna get divorced. She had divorce papers, wanted to know if he signed them yet. And then they go to one therapy session. <laughs> Y'all, I am on one today. I know on his mouth. On his mouth. So they go to one therapy session and all of a sudden all is good because he all of a sudden stopped lying according to this therapy and all is good. So they they took a little bit of space for the week and they hadn't spoken in a few days and then Evelyn invited him into town so that they could talk. Now she's had time to think from therapy and she feels a lot of good has come out of it. The biggest part was there's no point of lying. Uh, she wants to trust him again. When the last episode, she just said that if someone crosses her, it doesn't matter who it is, she never, ever forgives and she never, ever forgets. So, okay. So she wants to trust him again, uh, but she is going to need him to put more effort in. A hundred times more effort. I don't even, is that even possible? The man grovels all day, every day. So what more can he possibly do? More groveling, extra, extra, extra strength groveling, groveling over the top because he already does all that. So sounds to me like Corey's going to have a $50,000 wedding. That's what it sounds like to me. So she goes on to say that in her... Corey has a family and he started taking for granted and started slacking and he thought the grass was greener on the other side. I mean, let me not. Now, instead of moving from room to room, so at first he was living with Raul and then he rented a place. You guys remember he rented a place and had her over for dinner. All of a sudden, I don't know, like, do you rent? Do you rent places by week there? I don't know how it works. And if someone does know, please let me know in the comments or, or in the live chat. But they made it seem like, hey, you can move into the room next door and we'll do a couple of movie nights a week. We'll start dating each other and take it from there. Oh, and by the way, you're paying half the rent. That's the part, Evelyn, that you came to your senses that the cha-ching, cha-ching, the wallet was gone. Your bankroll was gone. Bankroll gone. So guess what? Yeah, Corey, I forgive you. Move on. Move on back home. I just watched this true crime thing on 2020. And 
I don't know why I said move on back home and then moving on up. There's that show in the seventies. I can't remember what it was. The Jeffersons. And I don't know. It just made me laugh right now. Moving on up. You're not doing that, Corey. That's what you're not doing. Anyhow, he's going to move back, back to the room, to the house. And they're going to date each other. And she says, I love you very much, Corey. And he's still willing to try. And thank you, Evelyn, so much for the opportunity to prove myself again. Oh, fuck. Shut up. I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> I just don't understand, you guys. I don't understand. I don't understand. I, just, I don't understand. Evelyn's going to make him work hard uh, because she says she's worth it. And he is happy for the opportunity to go ahead and do that. So if they're happy, I'm happy for them. I just am trying for it to make sense. I think that Corey should go ahead and just Venmo the wedding planner and keep it pushing. Because you see, did you see the preview of next week where he's got all these weird little flowers and he's reproposing? Why are you doing all that? Why? You guys are already married. It's just not romantic to me. It's not. It's not. Lydia said, Corey's going into the crusty prom dress room. Yes, yes, Lydia, yes. Guys, it's been a fun show. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, you, you guys are great in the live chat. I love it. I love it. I love it. Evelyn needs the money. Facts, Faith, facts. Allison says, the whole chat, facts. And on that note, have a great night, you guys. I will see you all here tomorrow. Bye for now.